Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to Rise to the Top, a college football betting podcast with your host and number one college football handicapper, Freddie Wills. Welcome back, everyone. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about what happens when you fade the AP Top 10 preseason polls. Today's podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. Head on over to freddywills.com backslash betonline for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online has an A-plus rating across all sportsbook review sites. It is the sportsbook I use. They accept U.S. players, and it's easy to get your money in and out of your account. They also offer a 100% reload bonus for loyal customers. Check out the details at freddywills.com backslash betonline. Before we get into today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to my premium picks newsletter at freddywills.com. There is no cost. It's absolutely free, but you'll get a premium play weekly that clients pay for. This is in addition to my free picks that I already post on the website. Uh, last year, these plays went a combined 20 and 11 and one against the spread. So why freddywills.com? I've been doing this professionally for 10 years now with seven of nine winning seasons. I'm one of the only handicappers who concentrates solely on football. So when November hits and the NBA, the NHL, college basketball start, rest assured, I am concentrating on football only while other handicappers struggle and research the five sports. I also never hide any of my results, and every single one of my plays is documented and archived. In fact, I'm one of the only handicappers that releases his plays and analysis one minute after the game starts. My record speaks for themselves. You can head on over to freddywills.com, download my play of the day reports, my return on investment reports, or simply export my documented records, 10 years of data, to a sortable Excel spreadsheet. Who else gives you this? It's all there, full disclosure, nothing is ever hidden, and all my individual picks are 100% guaranteed or your money back. When you lose, I lose. I play everything I give out to my clients and take it extremely seriously. My methods are derived from a combination of algorithms, analytics, situational statistics, and good old X's and O's. I hope by listening to this podcast you'll get to know me a little more and grab some great information along the way. I am always open to feedback and, of course, five-star reviews on iTunes. Thanks again, for guys, for listening to that. Uh, let's just jump right into it. On today's podcast, I'm going to talk about the top ten in the AP preseason poll and uh, what it means to fade those teams. Um, I think there's some good betting opportunities to fade these teams based on uh, perception and some of the betting value you're going to have because some of these lines are going to be inflated. And I did a little research uh, that I'm going to bring up on today's show and, and we'll apply it to all 10 teams in the preseason poll. The idea of fading these teams, um, like I said, is you're going to get good value in the numbers because most people are going to want to back the top 10. Uh, you will definitely get the value side by fading these teams, but it may not always pan out that way. And just part of the, it's just part of the recipe. So I actually dug a little deeper and went back over the last six years to see how the preseason top 10 did overall. You can actually see this um, on the episode show notes. And uh, you can find that at freddywills.com backslash show one. And basically over the last six seasons, pretty much every year, four only four out of the ten teams had winning against the spread records. 
The only exception was last year where seven out of the 10 had winning records. Overall, the record shows at 375 and 400 against the spread, which obviously there's no crazy advantage there. 48.39%. You actually break even by fading those teams. But, uh, you know, we can really narrow this down when we really dig deep. Um, This is just a tool to get us to increase our win percentage and start looking at the right teams. And like I mentioned, ironically, in 2017, 60% of the teams on the list had a losing winning percentage against the spread. Uh, Take out teams who, who do well against the spread because of coaching or, you know, ability to reload, for instance, I would never blindly fade coaches like Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, or Dabo Sweeney, who had winning records against the spread despite being in the top 10 AP poll. Um, you know, those teams always have inflated numbers and they still cover. Um, I guess they value the importance of covering the spread, uh, especially in the college football playoff era. Um, so those are things we look at for sure. Um, but there are spots to fade teams like Alabama, and we'll get into that since they are obviously the number one team on the preseason AP top 10. Um, but those three coaches had a combined record of 104 and 89 against the spread. Um, suddenly, uh, we take those three coaches out, uh, we have a 54% against the spread advantage by just blindly fading the other teams. And there's some other coaches I would throw into the mix there, and we'll talk about them on today's podcast. Uh, but some definitely coaches that I feel completely comfortable Fading now, of course, I never blindly fade. Um, it's I, I'm I'm I like trends, but I'm that's not one thing I'm gonna look at. I, I look at a combination of all things, it's got to be the right situation. My algorithms have to like them, and obviously, the X's and O's, it's got to be a good matchup. So, um, you know, I look at all of that stuff. Um, so I dug a little deeper. Home favorites against the spread in this situation were 174 and 202, uh, which is roughly a 54% against the margin if you fade them. Uh, it makes a lot of sense because, uh, I think over the past few years, um, odds makers have really been putting two the home away splits home advantage of being a home team is, is not as big of an advantage anymore. Um, and you know, there's, there's a lot of data out there to back that up away favorites against the spread were 103 and 112 against the spread, which is obviously very too close to 50%. So nothing significant there. Um, there was nothing significant. And again, you could see these, um, Stats in my podcast show notes, um, conference ATS, 242 and 265, non-conference 126 and 139, following a straight-up win, 282 and 297, following a straight-up loss, uh, 68 and 79. Um, this makes sense as teams typically have you know a hangover effect after losing a game. Uh, really, until last year, it was felt that your season was over if you lost straight up. Um, and so you really may not come out and dominate your next opponent like like you would if uh, you know if you have college football playoff aspirations. Uh, if you lose a game, you suddenly the players, no matter what the coaches say, you're 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 thinking your season's over. Um, so while you may win the next game, you're you're really not all there. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, and Alabama is a big, and we'll get to that in in a moment. They're a big team that you would want to fade if they they lost straight up. I mean, I get the opportunity this year, but another thing I looked at was the first three games against the spread. Uh, so the first three weeks of the season, fading the preseason top 10. If you finally fade these teams, you would, would hit 56% of the time against the spread. So early in the season is the best time to fade these teams because once they lose or once, you know, the odds makers have better numbers on them, the line is a lot sharper. Uh, five of the last six seasons, 
in this situation, uh, there was a losing record. Um, so last year went 18 and 11 against the spread, you know, 10 teams combined. I think there was one push. That's why I have 29 games there. Um, but if you take that, that if you, if we call that the anomaly um, over the past six years, um, and I do when I have more time plan on going back even further and even incorporating the entire AP top 25. Um, but you have an overwhelming record of 59 and 86. So if you fade those teams, taking out last year, it, you would have hit 59.3% against the spread just for fading the top 10 in the first three games. Now, the record was even better when they were playing a non-Power 5 school, which makes a lot of sense. These teams, I mean, they schedule these games, and they're really not showing everything. They're not showing all their plays. They don't want their players to get hurt. So there's a lot going on there. Obviously, the line will catch up in those situations. I, I think it'll catch up this year with Alabama because it's a very well-known trend. Um, so careful there. Overall, out of the 60 teams, only 24 had winning records against the spread in their first three games of the season. Uh, take out last year's anomaly, and you're talking about 18 out of 50 teams had a winning record. Again, we could look at teams playing non-Power 5 schools and those coaches who are either you know inexperienced or not very good against the spread early in the season or with extra time to prepare. Um, so there's a lot of factors to consider here, but it gives us a good idea of which teams in 2018 to go after early in the season, in my opinion. Uh, so first three games, the, another uh, thing I looked at was the first three games versus Power 5 against against the spread. And that trend is 80 and 90. So nothing crazy. I will say Alabama in this situation flat out dominated. And let's talk about Alabama. They, they rank uh, number one in the preseason poll with 42 votes. And, you know, they're a team that we, we don't look to fade often. Um, let's be honest. Um, you know, I did have uh, Georgia in the national championship last year and uh, you know, they covered the spread. They didn't win the game, but they covered the spread, so we cashed our ticket. Overall, they have been in the preseason top 10 each of the last six years and have had a losing record against the spread on the season only once. Uh, so that, that that is probably with the most inflated lines. Now, I'm not saying they're going to definitely go out there and put a winning record against the spread um, this season, um, but uh, there are situations where I would look to maybe fade Alabama um, I would say scenario one is following a loss. Uh, Alabama is one in five against the spread since 2011 following a loss. Scenario two, uh, when they face a non-Power 5 school early, early, specifically after a big opening win, they have gone one in six in one against the spread since 2012 when facing a non-Power 5 school the first three weeks of the season. Overall, since 2012, they're five and 12 against the spread versus a non power five school and a couple of those wins were by one point where if you got the right line you'd actually be 14 and three just fading Alabama in that situation uh, so there's a couple opportunities in 2018 but again I, I think the market might be catching on to this so I tread lightly that, that, that's why it's not a blind fade uh, 2018 Arkansas State plus the points in week two this is after um, you know what could have been a big opener a couple of years ago uh, against Louisville Louisville's not going to have the same team this year. So, um, again, I don't think Alabama has to give it all in week one against um, Louisville. And, in fact, let's just take a quick look at it. Um, and I don't think – I mean, compared to previous years where last year they opened up against – they opened up against um, Florida State um, in a game of rank number one versus rank number two. And that was a close game up until the fourth quarter. After that game, you know – Alabama, I wouldn't say they went limping into week two, but, you know, they, they got a chance to take a deep breath. 
And I mean, against Louisville, they're 24 and a half point favorites. So that just puts things in perspective. Uh, another opportunity is, and I like this one better is uh, they play Citadel later in, in the year, the week before the iron bowl uh, in a game that they're going to have revenge. They lost to Auburn last year. So um, that's an opportunity. You circle that on your calendar. Um, also, if Alabama loses, like I said, follow, uh, you know, you may want to fade them the following week after a straight up loss. And again, same thing when, when they get into their conference games, these are, this is kind of where Alabama likes to flex their muscle. I know everyone's talking highly on Mississippi state and I do as well on my surprise teams podcast coming up here next. Um, that might be a game you want to back Alabama because I, I think a lot of people are high on Mississippi state. If it gets to that point where both teams are undefeated, I just, I just see that as a game where Alabama could just, um, you know, flex their muscles, especially since it was a close game last year. They're going to want to get a big lead in that game. Clemson, number two on the list here, and they've been part of the top 10 preseason poll three times, and every time they have come up with a winning record against the spread. Uh, so there really is not a situation that I could look at to fade Clemson under Dabo Sweeney. I just think he's an excellent coach, really has these guys motivated, and he's backing up. I mean, his recruiting class just keeps getting better and better. People want to play for this guy, and I don't blame him. Um, so um, they open up against Furman and actually the last three times they've opened up against a non-power five school, they covered the spread. So it really doesn't matter. Uh, Clemson returning 15 starters and a do- dominant defensive line that is deep with talent. And, you know, I, I really wouldn't tell, I would only really look to back Clemson this year. And I, I don't know that I would back them week one against Furman. That I, that's a game that I, you know, I don't really think that we have an edge or really can predict what would happen in that game. So I would pass. Number three on this list, and this is where it starts to get interesting, Georgia, Kirby Smart, very young coach. And, you know, obviously they're flush with talent. They had the number one recruiting class coming in here this year. That's been very well known and publicized all over ESPN. There is value to be had fading Georgia this season, in my opinion. You know, they they just got done playing for the national championship game. um, And there's clearly a lot of hype for this team coming into this year. But listen, they only returned 13 starters. They lose two star running backs, uh, two of the, their program's best running backs ever. I mean, this is a program that has really good running backs over their career and they lose two of them this year. And I, I get the young guy coming in last year. They got some carries was very good. And, um, I think George Foreman's son's there or something. And, and they had a, another key transfer, but, uh, I, I, I think that that's, that's, I'm, I'm more looking at the leadership, uh, in that huddle and that's a lot to lose. Um, in losing Sony Michel and uh, Nick Chubb. So um, they also lost their best defender. And um, listen, if they cover week one against Austin PA, I will definitely be fading them in week number two. I may anyways, when they go on the road uh, against South Carolina, another team on my surprise list. So stay tuned for my surprise teams podcast. Um, I, where I think that I predict that they will probably be a two touchdown favorite. Um, you very well could fade Georgia in, week, in the first three weeks. And, you know, I, th- I don't think you can go wrong doing that. Um, I think you would come out with a 2-1 and one against the spread record. I don't think you'd go 3-0, and oh, um, you know, but it has happened before in my research. And But I, I, I would expect you would, like I said, it goes back to that 60% of the teams have a losing record over the first three weeks of the season. So I think this is a team that falls into that bucket of going 2-1 and one or better. Wisconsin's number four on the list, and again, I this is a team that is tough, tough team to fade against the spread. They've gone 19 and eight against the spread the last two years, and are good in just about every situation. They start the season with three easy home games, 
All three of those spreads will be gigantic, uh, but I have a hard time baiting a disciplined team with a dominant defense, even with only four starters, uh, returning starters on defense. I, I just can't look to fade Wisconsin, who people generally don't feel like they deserve to be in the top 10 anyways, meaning the public will look to fade them already. So is there really line value? And that's probably a big reason why they've gone 19-8 and eight against the spread, um, you could say that this is the season to fade them. Are they going to really have a third season in a row just covering every spread? Um, and, you know, I, I think that there's merit to that. I, I, I looked to fade them a couple of times last year. Sometimes it cost me. Um, you know, I backed them at some points last year. So it really, that's when it comes down to X's and O's. At some point, it has to come down to that. Ohio State, number five on the, on, on the list here. Um, things still up in the air with Urban Meyer and at the time of this podcast, at least. A lot of distractions following the program right now. It's hard to come up with a strategy for these guys. Generally, Urban has been a very good in spots against the spread. Unlike Alabama, he's actually gone four and two against the spread following a straight up loss since 2012. They've actually gone ten and five against the spread in their first three games when they are in the preseason top ten, which they've only been, which they've been in every single since uh, single season since 2013. If anything, you are getting value in their opening line versus Oregon State, who is going to have a terrible team this year, in my opinion. Um, because of Ur- the Urban Meyer situation, the line has actually dropped from 38.5 to 36. Uh, let me see if it's moved anymore uh, since I wrote these show notes. Um, it's back to actually 38, so people definitely jumped on that. I was saying that I was going to jump on it if it was down to 35. Um they really don't have a big game on deck and, and the players will probably want to come out and show their support for their head coach, in my opinion. So I'll break down six through 10 on the next podcast. We're going to stop here. I like to keep these, um, you know, within 20 minutes. Uh, it's great. Uh, listen on your commute to work. So with that said, we'll end up here. We'll end the show here and uh, we'll pick up on the next podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Freddie Wills College Football Betting Podcast. If you are still listening to this podcast, you are really into college football betting. And if you are really into college football betting, you should consider following my premium plays, especially my play of the days, which have hit roughly 60% against the spread over my 10-year career. If you aren't into paying for picks, that's totally fine. There are many reasons why I wouldn't even want you to, especially if you don't have the bankroll. In that case, you may want to consider visiting sportsbetcapping.com for free picks from over 70 handicapping experts. That's sportsbetcapping.com for access to free picks on all major sports. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. And as a reminder, please leave five-star reviews on iTunes and take advantage of my premium pick newsletter absolutely free at freddywills.com.